I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there, and welcome to Game Changers, a personal branding and business podcast about extraordinary people who are changing the world. I'm your host, Erin May Henry, and my mission is to help entrepreneurs become known online so that they can share their message with more people and build the empire that changes their lives. On this podcast, I interview up-and-coming thought leaders so that together we can teach you the tools and strategies you need to take the next step on your own personal branding journey. Covering everything from money to mindset, social media to speaking, and confidence to content, Every episode will leave you empowered and full of ideas on how you can shape your industry rather than just be a part of it. Now, let's get into today's Game Changer chat. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Game Changers. So I want to spend like literally zero time introducing today's episode because not only is it long, but it is so, so, so helpful. This is honestly probably one of the rawest chats that I've ever had where not only I got vulnerable, but the guest and I just gave you some really, really helpful yet real tips about what entrepreneurship is really like. So I'm actually speaking to one of my clients today, Sam Laura Brown, who is a perfectionist coach. So particularly what she does is help people who are struggling with procrastination because of perfectionism, get on with their life or start a business or achieve their goals, whatever it is that they want to do, help break through that cycle of self-sabotage and limitation so that they can ultimately, you know, live their best life, which is what I love to help people do as well. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to leave all of Sam's information down below. You definitely, definitely want to check her out, but please do reach out to both of us. We'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. We'd love to hear if there were anything that came up for you or if there's anything that you wanted to further speak about. I'm thinking we're going to do a part two, or maybe we'll jump onto an Instagram live together of some sort. I'm not sure, but I feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had. So anyway, without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Game Changers. I know I say this at the start of every single episode, but I am so, 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 so excited for today's guest because this is a topic, well, this person is an expert in a topic that I believe is going to help so many of you who have big ideas, who want to be a game changer, but really are stuck in your own head and are not allowing yourself to move forward on the journey and do the things you need to do to get the things done. So without further ado, please do welcome not only not only one of my favorite clients, but also one of my favorite people to follow online, Sam Laura Brown. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to chat. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So of course, as we always start, for those who maybe haven't 
met you yet. I know I've spoken about you quite a bit on social media um, and I know so many of my audience already follow you, but maybe there might be a few people out there who are meeting you for the first time. Did you want to go into a little bit more about what it is you do specifically with this whole concept of perfectionism, which is definitely your area of expertise, um, but then also maybe give us the origin story about how, like, that's such a specific topic to choose. I'd love to hear kind of why it was that you fell into this being your area of expertise. Awesome. So my name is Sam Laura Brown, as you said, I'm a mindset <laughs> coach for perfectionists. I'm a personal development blogger, and I'm also the host of the Perfectionism Project podcast. In terms of like how I got to talking about perfectionism, I started my blog in 2013. It was initially called Smart Twenties, and I had no idea at the time that I was a perfectionist. I thought perfectionism was what everyone tends to think, which is it's just a neat and organized control freak who's got their shit together and has their life in order. And I had no idea that I actually had that mindset. But I got into blogging because I was just sick of radio ads, and so I found podcast I found the TED talk podcast and then I found business podcasts and I've always been fascinated with psychology and why people do what they do so so much of business is mindset as you know Massive. listening to all of these entrepreneurs talking about their online businesses I got a real insight into all of the mindset stuff and that's what kept me so interested in the beginning but after about six months of listening to people talking about blogging, I was like, oh, maybe I can start a blog. So I eventually did. It took me a while to come up with a name, as it does for a lot of people. Yeah. And then I eventually started and I immediately just completely withdrew from it. So I had the website set up, the blog set up, and then I just stopped listening to podcasts. I didn't post anything. I just went like, completely off the grid like no one knew I was on the grid in the first yeah. place but I didn't tell anyone and we can get into that as well but I just completely retreated because so much fear and doubt came up and I had done really well in school and at the time I was a uni student I have a law degree and a finance degree and also a diploma of French because perfectionists love doing lots of different things so I was a uni student and I always did well in that school structure where there's deadlines and there's accountability and when I was doing things that other people expected of me but when it came to me putting myself out there and saying hey I have an opinion about something like that just freaked the shit out of me and I didn't tell anyone about it I didn't even tell Steve and we've been dating at the time for five years already I just felt so ashamed that I would be able to actually have that opinion, even though I wasn't sharing detailed blog posts and long form content like I do now. I was just sharing like one sentence and linking to a video or one sentence and linking to someone else's blog post. But even then, I just thought like, who am I to be doing this? And so initially I thought though, my problem was motivation. And for the first couple of years, I spent a lot of time on Pinterest looking up how to stay motivated and really thought that was the issue. And it took me a lot of time to actually realize that perfectionism was what I was struggling with. And once I actually had that language for it and the work of Brene Brown is so incredibly helpful on this topic, but to have that 
name for it actually just liberated me in the sense that I finally knew like I wasn't the only one who's struggling with that. There wasn't anything wrong with me. And then from that point, I could begin to start getting out of my own way, which is what I help women do now to get out of their own way. And so I was able to begin doing that. And it wasn't until April, 2016, about two and a half years after starting my blog that I finally started really putting in the effort because perfectionists are so scared of wasting effort and being seen to put in effort and it not succeeding. So it took me two and a half years to even get to that point of actually like having all of my friends and family know about it and they were very supportive. Like I'd made up all of that in my head about them. Of course, of course. And yeah, so that was April 2016. And then from that point forward, I'm still on the journey of getting out of my own way and like new level, new devil, no matter what we're doing, it keeps coming up. But that's really how I got into helping women with perfectionism because I hadn't realized it was stopping me. And once I realized that and knew, oh, there's nothing wrong with me, this is just a mindset that I need to grow out of, that's when things really started to change for me. I love that so much. And I love your story. And I've heard it before, obviously, but just for everyone listening, I think the thing that's going to really be so powerful for so many people listening to this is really understanding that I think what you said there, there is nothing wrong with them. And you, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this because obviously in the work together that we do, but maybe you could go a little bit more in depth into how someone I guess would figure out like what are the classic signs that someone is a perfectionist I think you did a blog a podcast on this I think I've seen it before but for someone who is just searching for motivation or they're out there thinking that you know maybe I've just got fear or imposter syndrome and not realizing that there are some things that could indicate that they're a perfectionist like do you have a little checklist that we can go through like what are the classic signs of a perfectionist yeah so to give like the definition and like what i see it as just for context Brene yeah. brown who's a shame and vulnerability researcher and i'm sure your listeners have probably seen her incredible ted talks yeah she talks about perfectionism being this belief that if i just do everything perfectly and i look perfect then i can avoid the pain of shame like really perfectionism isn't about wanting to be perfect. It's about wanting to avoid shame and perfectionists aren't perfect people. A lot of people tell me I'm not perfect enough to be a perfectionist, but that's not what it is. Perfectionists are people who feel ashamed that they're not perfect. And the way that that can come up, procrastination is for sure the biggest thing that we're just so scared that we won't be good enough that we stop putting in that action and then by withholding the effort we can blame lack of effort instead of lack of intelligence or talents or abilities so procrastination overthinking is a huge one overanalyzing also like procrastinating on pinterest and youtube videos and doing a lot of consuming without actually applying it also having the all or nothing mindset and doing things perfectly or not doing them at all is another big one. There's so many offshoots of that. Also the fear of judgment as well and people pleasing that we don't want to feel that shame. So we do what others are, what we often don't even know they want us to do. We've just made assumptions about what people want for us. And then we follow those assumptions and we're really scared about what other people will think and what they'll say. And again, we're just scared of what, we think we think they'll think the same thing that's like why when i started my blog 
I was so scared to tell people because even though it wasn't the case, I thought everyone else would just think what I was thinking. So those are the main ones. I think you're referring to my podcast. I have one on 10 signs you're a perfectionist where I go into detail into each. So that might be helpful for yeah. someone. We'll definitely link that as well. Overview and especially like, as I was saying, I was searching for advice on how to stay motivated because I was so sporadic. Like I'd do something perfectly. I'd follow a morning routine or just be doing that flawlessly for maybe a few days, a few weeks if I was lucky. And then I just abandoned it. And I thought, oh, this is a motivation issue. But it wasn't. The issue was that under that, I wasn't able to follow through because if I did it imperfectly, then I'd feel that shame. And shame's a really, really painful emotion. So that's why we try and avoid it. So how do you help someone, I guess, like in the work that you do, say with your one-on-one clients, how do you identify where that shame comes from? Like, is there a process that you would really go through? What, What is the process for someone identifying and working through this perfectionism, where do they even start? Because it sounds like a, it sounds like much more than we think it is. You know what I mean? Like most of us look at perfectionism as well. For, for me, when I got into all of this, it was like I, I'm definitely not a perfectionist. People have seen my work, but you know, a lot of a lot of people. Um, you know, for me, it was like that whole thing of when you hear people in like a job interview, and it's like, what's your what's your um, you know, uh, your biggest flaw. Your biggest flaw, exactly. Yes. yes. And they're like, oh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And really, it's just mm-hmm. like this backhanded way to say I do things well. I'm like, yes. before this, that's exactly what, before working with you, actually, that's what I thought perfectionism was. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to hear because it does sound like so much deeper than what I think a lot of people imagine it to be. Because even, you know, before, as I said, this whole thing, I just thought it was just demanding high quality or having high standards. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I'd love to discuss this further because first of all, I want to talk about the whole shame piece. Like how do we identify where it's actually come from? Mm -hmm. And then how do we find the nice equilibrium between still producing quality work, but not getting hung up on all of this perfectionism behavior? Yeah. And there's definitely a distinction. And this is something I teach the distinction between a perfectionist and a high achiever, because so many perfectionists are scared to let go of the stress, the overwhelm, the burnout and everything else, because they think, well, if I'm not doing that without that pressure there, I'm not going to be able to achieve as much. And ironically, if you can grow out of perfectionism, you achieve so much more because you're not constantly withholding effort you're not constantly with like in your own way so it really is a different thing to be a perfectionist and a high achiever and what I'm teaching my clients to do is to become that high achiever where they actually do achieve things perfectionists have crazy high standards but they're so crippled by it yeah they just procrastinate and particularly around the topics you teach They want to have this business. They want this online presence. And then they spend a year thinking about what to call it or what niche they should be in or what camera they should buy. And that's just the cover because they're terrified that if they actually show up, no one will like it and everyone will think what they're thinking, which is that they're not good enough. So you cover it by spending time on really unimportant things. Like perfectionists love feeling busy but they do that a lot of the time by doing busy work and focusing on the unimportant and having that productive feeling come from work that doesn't feel vulnerable or scary. So I'm so, 
I just need to cut in because like, I just really like, oh my God, getting goosebumps because you know, I've been doing this, like you can say a long time now, obviously in the skin, it's not a long time, but it feels like a long time. And the amount of people that I work with who spend, I'm not even joking, months, and I'm talking months on the colors that they should use on their website, mm-hmm. the name of their business, the, uh, as you said, like the camera and all of those things. I just want everyone, please like stop what you're doing right now. You know, if you're driving, obviously pull over and just listen to this because this is crucial. Um, just start moving. And obviously Sam's going to give you some way more practical advice because she's the expert, not me, but like, this is so important. If you are in that stage where you are, Oh my God, I need to find the perfect name. I've changed my name for my business like six times. Pretty much. I've changed my brand colors. I think four times in the past year, pretty much. So these little details, they don't matter. And specifically when you're building a personal brand, because provided that people can have the consistency from your personality and your face and, you know, they've got something that is memorable and recognizable and that's you, all those little details that, you know, as Sam's just explained, you're getting caught up on. They really, really just don't matter. But yeah, keep going. Cause I just wanted to make that as such a, a, Everyone write it down, basically. <laughs> and there is that difference there between a perfectionist and a high achiever. And I don't talk about overcoming perfectionism. What I teach is really how to develop a growth mindset yeah. because that's at the other end of the spectrum. And at that end of the spectrum, there's so much more achievement and you actually enjoy the process towards your goals because a perfectionist resents the process. They just want to be there. They want to get like, the bus to the top of the mountain so they can see the view instead of actually having that challenging, rewarding climb to the top. So when you're in that growth mindset, not only are you able to actually show up because you don't make failure mean anything about yourself, it's just information. And perfectionists understand that intellectually, but this is about really getting into that place where you're able to engage with the journey. And we all know that as soon as you hit a goal, you just said another one. So if you can never learn like how to actually enjoy that process, what is the point? Like we're always on that and such a cliche thing to say, but literally we are always on that journey. So when you're in that growth mindset, it's about actually being engaged with that, being praising yourself on taking on a challenge and for being brave and for doing things that you're not yet good at where like a high achiever would say, I'd rather try and fail than never try at all. And you've probably heard that saying. A perfectionist would say, I'd rather not try than fail. Or I'd rather stay busy picking my brand colors than fail. Yeah. That's what they're doing. That's the difference. And so Carol Dweck talks about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And I really like to see them as being on a spectrum. And so you were saying like, how do you actually begin to do that practical work? And the first thing I want to say about that is to really see like it's a spectrum and obviously everyone listening can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but it's like two ends of it. And if you can make just one incremental little move up towards a growth mindset, you can experience a huge change in your results. Like in those first days of me getting out of my own way, I was still there with my foot on the brake in a lot of ways, but I was able to at least get out of my way a little bit. And that shifted so much for me. So instead of like a lot of perfectionists have this all or nothing approach about getting into a growth mindset, either like I'm in the growth mindset or I'm not in a growth mindset, 
but you really need to have a growth mindset about getting into the growth mindset and see that it is that journey to get into that mindset. It is that process and you don't have to really change much to experience a huge shift in your life. Okay. I want to come back to the shame thing because um, obviously that is a big part of it, but I've got two really important things I want to talk about from what you just said. So the thing about, okay, I, I want to explain because what you were doing with your hands was really powerful, but the way the analogy that popped into my head when you were doing it is like, mm-hmm. if you think of like a 30 centimeter ruler and like zero mm-hmm. is the fixed mindset and 30 is the growth mindset moving along those centimeter marks, getting out of your own way step by step. Because something I think is really important is, and I know that even not being a perfectionist, but I've experienced this so much for someone who's in the pursuit of something more, uh, particularly probably I would say more so in, in, in terms of health. Like maybe I'm not a perfectionist, but just a procrastinator in terms of like health and fitness. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think, and I know a lot of other people think in business that one day I'm going to wake up and just feel different. Like I'm going to wake mm-hmm. up one day and I know that has a lot to do with motivation, but I think that if I wish it enough, one day I'm going to just wake up and just all of a sudden want to work out and go to the gym and, you know, all of a sudden just be amazing and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. if, is that something that a lot of people in this kind of uh, fixed mindset or perfectionist mindset would think that one day it's just going to be different? Yeah, I think like, of course, when you're searching for how to feel motivated, how to stay motivated on Pinterest, you're hoping that at the other end of that might be the solution where you're feeling excited and really keen to do everything you want to do. So definitely, like I had once hoped and I still find myself in moments hoping that at some point in the future, I will feel motivated. And A huge thing for me on my personal development journey has been realizing that I'm always going to feel about the same, which maybe sounds like depressing to some, but I really feel very similar in a lot of ways to when I first started my blog because I'm still having negative thoughts. I'm a human. Positive and negative emotion is what we experience. So for me, just understanding that I'm going to have negative emotion and I'm not going to feel like it 99% of the time has been so empowering. And one thing I really work on with my clients and students and talk about on my podcast is to just drop this expectation that we're meant to feel happy and motivated all the time. Mm -hmm. Who, I don't know anyone ever who feels motivated and happy all the time. And yet, we're told through the media and all these different things like that our goal should be to be happy. But I don't think that's a really interesting goal at all to just feel in this constant state of happiness. Like it's much more exciting to be challenged and to grow and to evolve. And I know a lot of people who are interested in my work and my podcast, like really want to become that best version of themselves. So like being happy all the time doesn't even get them to that goal. But it's just really understanding like we have that full spectrum of emotion for a reason. So for me, actually figuring out how to have that discipline to follow through was just really dropping this story that I meant to feel like it. And just understanding like if I feel like it, bonus, amazing. But if I don't feel like it, like I want to have that self-respect enough to be able to follow through and to just know that if I'm growing, I'm not going to feel like it because my brain doesn't want to do what it perceives to be unsafe. So literally like to grow that fear and self doubt will be there, but that's not a bad thing. 
I love that so much. And I just, like what you're saying about, like, you're never going to feel like it for anyone listening, whether you're a perfectionist, whether you're procrastinating, whether you're any stage of life, I just want to be totally vulnerable here. And I just want to say, I never feel like doing anything. I enjoy when I'm actually doing something like now that we're on this podcast, I'm having the time of my life and we're probably going to end up talking for like 10 hours (laughs) and I could do it for, you know, three days straight, but it's like leading up to anything in business. It's just like, whether it's fear or self-doubt or, you know, thoughts coming into your mind of like, am I going to have anything to say? That's my whole thing. Like, of course, I always have things to say. I never stop talking. But my thing always pops into my mind, like, am I going to have anything to say? And it makes me feel like not doing things. So even at this stage of my own journey, it's like, it, I never feel like doing anything. Do you know what I mean? And I just, I want everyone to really like find that distinction because that I think is so important for every single person who's listening. Like, stop waiting for the day that you're all of a sudden going to feel different, think that you're different or feel like doing all of this stuff. You've just got to do it and then be happy with the sense of pride or the sense of accomplishment or the sense of joy or the sense of anything that comes from actually just at least taking the step, whether you achieved the outcome or not. Mm -hmm. And what I really teach my clients, like isn't how to stay motivated. It's how to do hard things and how to actually create inspiring plans for yourself and follow through with them and to expect that you're not going to feel like it. And sometimes it isn't fear and doubt. Sometimes it's just like our brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay efficient. Like it wants to conserve calories. Yeah. It doesn't want to do any conscious thinking. Yeah. It just wants to like stay in the cave and do whatever's easiest. Like whatever we currently have as our autopilot mode. It just wants to do that. So we're always going to be pulled back towards doing whatever is currently normal. So anytime we're trying to create a new habit or start a business, if it requires a lot of conscious mental energy, our brain will try and get us not to. And it's very good at creating very compelling reasons not to follow through with something. And a huge one in the beginning when you haven't got that sense of momentum is like, it's not going to make a difference. Like, oh, well, no one subscribed to my YouTube channel. It's not going to make any difference anyway. And then that's obviously a slippery slope to go down. But really just understanding your brain just wants you to not do anything. Yeah. Oh my God, you're coaching me. Cause like, and this, and no, but I'm, I want to be honest because this is a huge conversation that I've had with people who are making, you know, six figures or they're making, um, you know, multiple six figures in their business. And obviously we're not just talking about the indication of money here, but it just shows like different levels of their journey, you could say. And they all feel the same. They're like, sometimes I'm going to have like a one-on-one coaching call. And it's not until I'm actually on the call that I'm like, this is, I'm supposed to be doing this. I mean, purpose, like leading up to it you just have this sense of like, it's not like I don't want to do this. I can't be fucked basically, but it's more like a a resistance an unexplainable resistance that doesn't have any conscious thought to it. It's just a feeling and you've just explained it perfectly. It's literally just your mind trying to conserve those calories, trying to conserve that energy. And I just love that because for anyone listening specifically in the beginning, when there isn't that immediate reward back, like realizing that you're never going to just like very few people are self-motivated. Like, let's just put it this way. So basically what we're trying to say with this whole entire thing is like, just do the damn thing anyway. Right. Because that's, what's going to get you to the result. Um, I want to go back to the guilt stuff because I think that's really, really important because I never knew any of this. I think this is just an incredible conversation. So how does one start to identify, like, is it even important for them to understand where the shame in shame, not, not guilt, but the shame comes from? 
I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary and coaching is very different to therapy in that. And I'm not an expert on the difference between the two, but I don't have my clients go through their past and really dig that up because what perfectionism is about is the current thoughts we're having. It's our present day thoughts that create our feelings. And so it's not really anything that happened in the past. It's the story we have and we're still telling to this day about what happened in the past. So sometimes it can be really helpful to have a look and just see, okay, what story am I telling about my past? And I can share a bit of my own story too around how I, like this was really how I realized I was a perfectionist. But to just summarize briefly, like in your childhood, if you have this mindset, And I would say like, this is such a universal thing. And I love to remember what's most personal is most universal. And that's especially true about shame, but there'll be a moment in your childhood. It doesn't matter if you had a traumatic childhood or you had a normal childhood, quote unquote normal. What is that? But a normal childhood with the white picket fence, there can be a moment that's either like seemingly significant to others or just like a random teacher saying a comment in a class. But a moment that was emotionally significant where you decided I'm not good enough and I never want to feel this way again. Like I never want to feel that shame again. And that's really when that perfectionist mindset, it's really a protection mechanism that we have to go against shame. But there's a moment in childhood that again might sound so insignificant to anyone else. But this moment where you realize like, I'm not good enough. Or for some people, it's more like there's something wrong with me. I'm different. And I never want to feel this way again. And for me, my story is that that moment for me was when my mom died and leading up to that, when she was sick, she had breast cancer and died when I was 11. And before I realized I was a perfectionist, I used to say I lost her, like that language of abandonment that And I never even realized that I couldn't even talk about it without crying. I thought that it was grief that I hadn't worked through. And because of the perfectionism and and me deciding I never want to feel pity from anyone, like I really clearly remember this day where I decided I never want anyone to pity me about this. Like I was 11 and made that decision. And from then on, I like went about trying to live a life that no one would pity me for but I just thought that was grief and no one else said like, Hey, that's actually just you making this decision. And then what happened? So you make a decision. I'm not good enough. And then the way our brain works is that when you make a decision and tell your brain, something's important, especially when there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in it, our reticular activating system looks for evidence that's true. So I like to explain it like you're putting on these glasses that basically only allow you to see evidence that you're not good enough. And it's why so many of my clients and students have a supportive friends and family, like have that network. They have a lot of achievement, particularly at school. Like they're not doing horribly by most people's standards. They're like ticking all of the boxes, but they have this lens on that only shows them reality in a way to support their belief that they're not good enough. It's that confirmation bias. So when someone compliments them, they dismiss it. And when something happens, it could be evidence they're not good enough. They go, see, I knew I wasn't good enough. But then they get the awards and all of this stuff happens. Oh no, that's, you know, that's, they don't know what's going on. Like they don't know how imperfect I am. Like everything's distorted to fit the story. I'm not good enough. And it's why so many women, like if they're listening to this podcast, 
they know they're capable of more. Like people who aren't motivated and don't have that desire don't listen to this stuff. So they have within them this sense that there is more I want to be doing with my life and there is this difference I can make. But at the same time, when they were a kid, they put on these glasses that have everything in reality just support their belief they're not good enough. And that's why so many people end up with this belief of I'm not good enough and I am good enough at the same time. And then there's that cognitive dissonance, which is the mental discomfort when we hold two beliefs that contradict. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners like oscillate between the two where they have days they really believe in themselves and then they go and take action. And if it doesn't get the exact response they're hoping for, they make it mean they're not good enough. And it just continues to perpetuate. Oh my God. It, our brain is like our biggest asset, but it can also be extremely destructive. But I think just for anyone listening, because this is just going to resonate so much. I guess the thing that from my perspective, I just want to reassure, and this I know is like the whole basis of your work, but just understanding that there's nothing like wrong with you. If this is resonating with you and if you're like, that's me, because we're throwing around like a lot of scientific terms here. And it it, it kind of feels like sometimes when people talk about things like this, like it's a condition or it's something that, you know, you've developed, but there's nothing wrong with you. And I think a lot of what Sam teaches is that you can fix this. But the first thing I guess is to what make the decision that you actually want to change like what are the what are the i know we kind of touched upon it before but what are these first steps that someone would do okay this is resonating i get it i'm understanding i have these days where i feel great and i also have these days where i feel crap i want to start a business but i don't know what to do like where do i even start Mm -hmm. so i think the most powerful tool for personal development is goal setting and if you have a goal, that'll bring all of your shit right to the surface. So if you don't have a goal with a deadline, yeah, for all of my clients, we always make sure there's a goal because we can talk all day about this theoretically. But like for me, it wasn't until I started my blog and I was in action that it all came up. Instead of like researching different personal development things to try and improve, And again, as you're saying, like, there's nothing to be fixed. No one's broken. And it's completely fine to stay in that mindset. But this is about just understanding that there is nothing wrong with you. It's just a set of beliefs. And that, as we're saying, the brain is so powerful and we get to reprogram it. So -hmm. you can reprogram your brain to actually have the thoughts you want. Even if you've been a procrastinator your entire life, you can actually do things to get out of it. But in terms of like an entry point for doing this work, you have to have a goal. There has to be a goal that's measurable. I don't believe in like realistic goals because it needs to grow you. Like it needs to require something of you. And what we believe is realistic is just a reflection of our beliefs we have currently. So I don't think it needs to seem super easy and achievable. It needs to stretch you. But if you have a goal that's specific, it's not just get fit, start a YouTube channel. Like it has to have a deadline attached and particularly with the deadline. And so many people say, I don't want to put that pressure on myself, which is so ironic because if anyone puts pressure on themselves, it's perfectionist. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to have that pressure. But it's having the deadline and I don't care if that deadline's in 10 years time, but you need to have a deadline because that's what brings up all of the mental work that you need to do. 
Yeah. And how does someone pay attention to that? Like, how do they pay attention? Do you have any practical tips for, okay, we've set the goal, we've got the deadline and you're saying that's how the work you need to do will come up. What does that actually look like? Is that like through meditation, through journaling? How does one actually start to identify the areas that they kind of need to work on? Yeah. So there's lots of different things. And like my podcast is dedicated to going through all of it. But one practical thing that people could do after listening to this podcast episode is to set a timer for 15 minutes and write out all of the fears and doubts they have around whatever area of their life it is that in their own way around and say for someone listening, it might be, they want to start a YouTube channel and they've been like spending a year trying to figure out the lighting or the camera or the branding, or maybe they have started, but they just know they're not putting in that full effort or it could be health and fitness, anything like that. But to just set a timer I know this sounds too simple to work. Like it's usually the simple things that do work though. Everyone wants to overcomplicate everything. That's why I call my group coaching program simply business because people annoy me with this whole like, but how do we build this complex funnel? Just get people on your email list. Like it's not like it's, it doesn't guys, it doesn't have to be that difficult. (laughs) And often like we spend so much time in fear, like thinking about our fear and doubts, but if we don't actually write it down with pen and paper, we never have that distance. And our brains just go like into these thought loops, at least mine definitely does. Like I'll have these thoughts and they'll just like spiral and spiral. But when I'm journaling, I'm not going to write down the same sentence 20 times. Like that just seems dumb. And when you write down, you can actually access a different level of thinking. And I don't know about you, but when I'm handwriting, I have so many better ideas and insights into myself. So if someone just set a timer for 15 minutes and write down all of the fears and doubts they have, like just vomit them onto a page. And then a tool you can do is to create a neutral belief. So a lot of people talk about creating like a positive affirmation. And I do believe in the power of affirmations, but also that you need to have those intermediary ones sometimes, because if you're telling yourself you're good enough, which is quite a vague one, but if you're telling yourself this positive affirmation and it's so contradictory to what you believe, your brain is like, no, and it kind of reinforces the negative belief because it's so different. So what you can do is create a more neutral belief. So for example, someone who's wanting to start a YouTube channel, instead of trying to get themselves pumped up and believing, I'm going to have the number one YouTube channel, which their brain is like, no way you're not. No, let's just not start. Like it just reinforces that they're not going to have that. They can start by thinking, I know a few things about YouTube. Like it doesn't sound inspiring, but even going from I'm never going to be able to succeed to just actually I know quite a few things or I know a few things or I know enough to get started or a belief that's like there are people with my gender, my age, my ethnicity that have done this, or there are just people in the world who've done what I want to do, like finding some flavor of neutral belief. And then we can reprogram our brain with repetition. So you just basically start repeating this to yourself. And I know these beliefs, like I know a few things about YouTube doesn't sound inspiring, but that can be enough. I'm all about the incremental change and that can be enough to get you from procrastinating and focusing on your branding when you don't actually need to spend much time on that to putting up that first video and putting yourself out there and telling friends and family about it. Like it can be as simple as just 
getting to that neutral belief. And I know a lot of my students and clients, a lot of the work we do is identifying what belief they want and a belief that's more neutral that they can believe in the meantime. And another one you can do is if you're having, if you have a positive affirmation, you can just put on the front of it, I'm considering the possibility that. So it could be, I'm considering the possibility that I'll have the number one YouTube channel. Yeah, And your brain's like, okay, maybe. Like there's a 0.0001% chance, but I'm considering the possibility. Like it's just easy for your brain to believe. And then once you believe that, you can like step it up to a more positive belief and a more positive belief. And I'm sure, like I know you talk about how your beliefs really create everything, but it can be helpful to just go to that neutral belief and build your way up. I love that. And can I just, sorry, I just love to give like visual examples yeah. because I've, I've spoken about this before in terms of our, you know, mood or our happiness. Um, and I love the way that you've kind of articulated it, particularly for our beliefs, but you've got to think about it guys. If you are in a hole, right? If there's literally like, think about dirt and the ground and you've like dug a hole and you're in this, like, I don't want to say grave, but you know what I mean? Like you're in this like <laughs> hole right down in the ground, but like to visualize that, right? And then you think of a mountain right next to that hole, like an actual, like a full blown mountain right up the top there. You cannot jump from that hole. You, you will never, ever have enough leverage to jump from the hole to the top of that mountain. Like no way. It's physically impossible. What you can do, however, is that you can climb out of the hole and then you can walk up the mountain. That is the way that it works with a lot of this stuff. Get yourself to that neutral ground, first of all, and then start the, start the ascent up to where you actually want to be, right? So that's just like, a, a, I guess, a visual representation, but I love, love what you said about like bringing it back to neutrality. And I think so many people they try all of this positive rah-rah stuff, which is great to a certain degree, but then give up on themselves and their personal development when it doesn't work, forgetting that there's actually a much more realistic and much more practical way to go about getting yourself to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy. I think I'm going to start using that. You can steal <laughs> it, my love. It's yours now. It's fine. You can claim it if you want. Trademark it. <laughs> but something, okay, so I've written some notes down because there's something I really want to talk about because funnily enough, I was reading a comment in one of my groups, um, at my membership, and Basically, the comment was about someone experiencing a lot of overwhelm. This, I mean, this happens every single day. People are always feeling overwhelmed and not wanting to take a lot of action, not wanting to do, because here's the thing, right? When we start a business, right? Because a lot of people listening to this podcast are business owners and there are a lot of plates that we need to spin essentially when we're starting a business. You're a business owner, I'm a business owner, we know that. How does the work that you help people to do into play with this whole concept of overwhelm. Like if someone was experiencing perfectionism and all these things that you're talking about, but then they still have to do the YouTube channel, do the podcast. Well, obviously they don't need to do both, but you know what I mean? They have to find their clients. They have to do the research. They have to build the website. Like they're saying, I feel super overwhelmed. Like what would your advice be to them? Mm -hmm. First of all, it's understanding that overwhelm comes from our brains. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Not our to-do list, not what our boss is telling us, not anything except the way that we're thinking about things. Perception. It's really just this story that, and it makes it so much worse because we're saying, I don't have enough time. And I've been doing that this week. I've been like, I don't have enough time to get everything done. And when you don't believe you have enough time, for most people, you end up wasting your time and not spending it wisely. And that just proves your thought true that you don't have enough time. And so for my clients, a huge part of getting out of overwhelm is first of all, just understanding that it's your brain that's making it. Because a lot of people, when they talk about overwhelm, talk about, okay, here's how to change what you do with your to-do list. And I do that stuff as well. And I can talk about what I do on that front. But it comes from our brains. And so even though you might not be able to catch it all the time and sometimes you're in it and you're like, I know better, but I can't get out of this like I was this week, to just have that knowledge that, oh, wait, it's just my brain doing this. And especially if you've had a habit of being in overwhelm, your brain loves those thoughts. It's going to keep producing that I don't have enough time. I'm never going to get this done. I don't know where to start is a huge one too. But when you have that goal that we talked about, and like we've done this work together with me as your coaching client, like you have that goal and you reverse engineer it. And Tim Ferriss talks about this concept of letting small bad things happen, which I absolutely love of like, you can't do everything. And by trying to do everything, you do even less than mm-hmm. if you were just focused on one thing. So it's kind of knowing that by trying to do everything at once and having that long to-do list, most people get so overwhelmed, they end up going, fuck it, I'm not going to do anything on that to-do list at all because I don't know where to start. So what I do with my clients, we have a goal and then we'll reverse engineer it. And there's a lot of different things that go into that, but basically figuring out the milestones and the action that would need to be taken along the way. And for some of my clients who are like, I don't know what to do. Like they always know they're just so scared to act that it's more comfortable to be in confusion. What I have them do in that case is, okay, if I was to start a YouTube channel, if I was to start a podcast, like what would you tell me to do? And half the time they're like, actually, I've got a whole list here. Yeah. But they've just been like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do. But you have that action list. And then one thing that I teach and practice myself is working from a calendar. It's such a tedious thing to do though. Like we talked about how our brain doesn't want to use energy. You have to make so many decisions to prioritize your to-do list, to figure out how long to give each task and to allocate it a time and a date. But if you can do that, then you just work off the calendar and see following through as a skill. Again, like getting into that growth mindset, like you didn't come out of the womb being bad at sticking to things. Like it's a skill that you can develop. So I find for me personally, and I teach it to my clients and students, working from a calendar and also something that's important is to not punish yourself with your calendar, to actually schedule the downtime, the rest first, to also have in there rewards, rewards that are consistent with your well-being. So not like eating a chocolate bar every time you get a task done. (laughs) (laughs) That's my reward for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But rewards that you actually enjoy. So say, for example, if someone's procrastinating by watching YouTube videos, you can have your task that you get done and you have a focused amount of time. And then your reward is you get to watch the YouTube video. So you get that dopamine hit 
after it and you get to actually enjoy it without the guilt. But interestingly, once the guilt isn't there, most of social media isn't as appealing when you have permission to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but you can have like that task and know that it's going to be scary. Know that you're not going to feel like it. Know that your brain's going to give you 20 reasons. Wait, actually, I need to research this thing first or I just need to do that or I'm not feeling like it right now. I'll do it later. Like your brain will create those excuses. But to just practice following through, knowing that you're going to feel really restless. And I like neutralizing that belief by just saying, I feel restless and that's okay. Like it's okay to have that feeling of like, let's go and check the fridge. Like I have that feeling all the time when I'm working. Like, let's just go and look at <laughs> Like, but to just know that your brain's going to do that and then you have that reward and you have plenty of time in there for rest, which is another thing perfectionists really struggle with and it could be a whole different thing to talk about. But that's really what I help my clients with, getting it from that goal to the calendar and the beauty of having it in the calendar that this is really when the personal development comes in because it's so clear when you're not following through. Yeah. Instead of having the vague to-do list where, oh, well, you know, I, I don't really know if I failed or not at following through. If it's in the calendar, it's damn obvious if you haven't taken action and that's the entry point that you can then go, okay, get curious with self-compassion. Like, why didn't I actually take that action? And then you can do that journaling exercise I mentioned about the fears and doubts and just, I do this constantly every day all the time where I just write down like what's going on in my brain and half the time even just seeing it it's like oh doesn't make much sense like I think a lot of nonsense things and so do most people yeah but it's really helpful to just have that awareness and the other thing I want to say just quickly on that is that a lot of perfectionists because it's about avoiding shame and then they start learning about perfectionism and personal development and then they like shame themselves because they know better but they're still getting in their own way and so it's so important not to have that layer of shame and in the beginning if you're self-sabotaging it'll be after the fact that you'll catch it you'll be like hey yesterday I didn't follow through or today I didn't follow through or three months I've been self-sabotaging for three months like so often I do this where it's like oh wait I've been doing this for six months and I haven't realized it's self-sabotage But then the more you do that, you catch it in the moment and eventually you get to the point where you can stop it ahead of time. But just knowing that once you get this self-awareness about this mindset, please do not shame yourself that you know better and you're not able to get out of it. That's amazing. And it was really funny because I was going to ask the question that I popped, that popped up that I really wanted to ask you as you were speaking was, I guess, what would your be advice to someone who starts this work, the work that you do and, you know, working on themselves, working on their perfectionism and then kind of falls off the bandwagon. But you just basically explain that in terms of it is just about recognizing and kind of just taking a step back and saying, it's okay. Like I've realized that I've got myself back into this rut for two weeks or whatever. And then just kind of just not having that all or not, nothing, nothing mindset. Like I've got to start from the very beginning, but just rather actually just kind of picking it up and just being really honest with yourself saying, this is what happens and how can I just kind of like pick it up where I left off? Yeah. And so something that I teach and that I personally do my best to do is that there is no wagon yeah. like on it. There is no rut like that we're in or out of no wagon that we're on or off. Like there is none of that. It's just all this kind of messy journey. And it's just life, right? It's just life. And something like I was on a coaching call with one of my clients this morning. We were talking about this. She was saying, 
how can I be consistent? And I was like, well, what's your definition of consistency? Because I have a feeling it's 100% compliance. Yeah. She was like, yes, that is my definition. Whereas my definition of consistency is that I follow through more often than not. Yeah. I love that. It's more like fluid consistency where I keep identifying myself like as a gym person, even if there was a day I didn't go as a morning person, even if I didn't wake up early that morning and that pulls me back into those habits. But it's really important. So many perfectionists, they're like looking on Pinterest, how to stay consistent because follow through such an issue, but to just really get this sense that there is no wagon so yeah. if anyone takes anything away from this, I hope it's just to stop saying you're off the wagon. Or in a <laughs> rut or falling behind. Yeah. Exactly. And falling behind. Ugh. There is no behind. Like we're just in it always. There's no like point where we should be and we're behind that point. So I really work with my clients and myself, like all of this stuff I'm talking about, I'm still working on with myself that there is no behind, there is no wagon. And to just have that, compassionate definition of consistency that you're just doing it more often than you don't because that's what keeps us going and then when we even do it more often than not we get so much more results and when we just quit like quitting doesn't speed things up it just feels more comfortable because then we don't have to feel that shame i love that so much because honestly uh like obviously i run lots of different programs lots of different uh, things that seemingly have some type of sequence but um it doesn't matter so much for my one-on-one clients, but particularly when I run group things or membership and stuff, because they seemingly have some type of sequence, it brings up this whole concept of I'm behind, particularly with like masterclasses and, and, and people taking action on those things. And I just think it's, it's such a ridiculous concept because, you know, even a lot of people are saying, I'm behind on figuring out my niche. And I was like, well, then I'm behind because I'm still figuring out my niche. You know what I mean? Like what, four years later. Um, and I, I just think that I love what you said. Like it's, it's just honor your own journey and honor the path that you're on and realizing that there's actually no timeline. The timeline is some a constraint that you put in your own mind or this, uh, you know, we, we become entrepreneurs particularly so we can have the freedom and yet we all seem to still be in the rat race or still trying to follow the status quo of what, maybe entrepreneurship is right so guys just like this is your life your journey you have the ability to make it whatever you want but if you just abolish all of these rails that we have like this the, the wagon you know the the hole the rut the timeline and all of this thing if you just say fuck it to all of it and kind of just do what you know you're supposed to be doing to the best of your ability at any one time i mean that's all anyone can ever ask right and i I know you love analogies. So one that I find really helpful for personal development is to think of it like a mountain. And if you think of how they climb Everest, they need to, which I haven't personally done, obviously, but I've heard <laughs> talk about it. And once they- I heard it's really dangerous. Yeah. That's a quote from friends. Really don't want to do it. Um, so they climb up and then they need to acclimatize. And to do that, they actually have to go down yeah. to go up again. And they go down to go up again. So apparently you have to climb it essentially multiple times because of how often you have to go down and come back up. And so I really see personal development like that where you get to this new level and then you have to actually acclimatize to it and normalize it. And sometimes your old thoughts will come up because our brain wants to think the same thoughts. So they'll come back and then you can just know, okay, this is the normal process of personal development where like most of the time I don't feel like I'm making any progress whatsoever. And it's like when you move up the mountain, you're like, Oh wait, I'm actually a long way from the bottom. 
but sometimes it takes you years to actually have that distance from it to see how far you've come. So I want to say as well that I don't actually like feel myself growing or like anything like that on a daily basis. It's just kind of like when you, when something happens and you're like, wait, I didn't used to do it that way before. Yeah. Like, oh, I've actually changed, but it's just those moments where you have that realization. But most of the time, like, I don't feel like I'm changing at all until I have those moments. So if anyone's putting pressure on themselves to like feel different, know that your new feeling is going to feel so normal that you won't actually realize it's different. Yeah. But it's like when your hair is growing, right? It's not as if like every day you like wake up and you're like, oh, my hair looks so different today. It's not until you look at a picture of yourself six months ago and be like, shit, my hair actually is growing. You know what I mean? Like we don't ever feel that it's our life. We're experiencing every single minute of it. It's not like it's when you see someone for ages you haven't seen and you're like, oh, wow, you look so great. You've lost so much weight or something like that. And you actually notice the difference because the time portion of your experience of that person could be momentary, like from this moment to that moment, but yet five years is in between that, right? But you experience every single moment of your life and it's never going to ever feel like something drastic happens. I know. And and I think the the personal development industry does set this up a lot because you always hear stories about people going, I just had a light mold moment and a breakthrough. But ultimately at the end of the day, that's a very extravagant way to explain that someone had an idea you know what I mean and like we always have ideas and sometimes they feel great you know when I had the idea or was heard the quote about you know entrepreneurship if you want to be successful build an audience online like yeah that sparked in me is like this is something I've got to do but it wasn't like I like stood up out of my chair and was like electrically going oh my god like this is this is it you know what I mean like I think we all just feel that we're gonna have this like light bulb moment that something's gonna feel different that something's gonna change but guys, it's actually pretty mundane, right? It is like all just so <laughs> mundane. Like, yeah, you're gonna have amazing ideas and feel really great momentarily, but then you're gonna go back. Like you just said, I love that analogy. Like you're gonna have this acceleration forward and be like, I can't wait to do whatever I'm gonna do. And then probably go back a couple of steps and then move forward. But ultimately, if you can flip all of this, because I know we're making this sound really depressing, right? <laughs> to a certain I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say like, this is all really, life is boring. No, 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 no. What we're trying to say is it's not as if one day you're just going to all of a sudden feel like a superstar. You're not going to wake up and just feel extraordinary. Life's changed. All of a sudden I see the world differently. It doesn't work like that. All you can do is do the very best that you can possibly can. Put away any notion or stories that there are some timeline, there's some cart, wagon, bus, speed rail that you're supposed to be on and just do the very best you can every single day and enjoy every single step of it. When you can kind of flip to that point and you can just say, okay, even though now I'm experiencing some crap, I know that, you know, life's pretty great. Like life's going okay. It's not the end of the world. And embrace when you feel sad, but also embrace when you feel good and just each and every single day, just keep moving forward. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but you know what I'm trying to say. Maybe, maybe you can give us like some, how do we make this, this not feel so sad, but ultimately it is just about enjoying the journey, right? I know it's so cliche, but it is. Mm-hmm. And I was actually just thinking that I was like, oh, this sounds so depressing because I was saying like, you're going to feel shit half the time. <laughs> it's so mundane to grow and all of this stuff. But I really find it empowering yeah. to know that it feels like that for everyone. Like when I'm over here having this different experience to everyone who's listening, like we feel about the same. And something I have my clients do 
because when we have that story, I'm not good enough, we only see like the differences between us and the people we admire or us and our friends and family. So if they have someone who's like up on a pedestal and they're like, oh my God, my life would be so amazing if it was just like that person's, to actually create a list of all the similarities between you and them, including that, or you both feel shame. You both have days where you don't feel motivated, like, and the good stuff too. But there's so many things we have in common because what's most personal is most universal. We have all of this positive and negative emotion. And something else about getting out of perfectionism is really like we use that to protect ourselves from shame. But by trying to block shame, we also block joy and never fully experience that. And Brene Brown talks about foreboding joy which is when like life feels too good or something good's happening and you're like, oh my God, like the other shoe's gonna drop, something bad is gonna happen. And we don't even allow ourselves to actually really feel all of those positive feelings that we think we wanna feel. Like if someone has the goal to be happy and they're in this mindset, then when something good happens, they're automatically like, okay, that means something bad's around the corner. Like it's really powerful to get out of this mindset, not just because you can achieve more, but because life is just a different experience but unfortunately that means you also have to feel the negative emotions of course the polarity is important escaping into instagram or youtube videos to actually like process negative emotion and then fully experience the positive emotion as well yeah and to kind of come full circle because something i've got to add on that which i think is really um important is that like because we've been talking about goal setting a lot mm-hmm. um so obviously goal setting is very important the deadlines are important but something that i think we kind of you said it but we skimmed over it a little bit was this whole concept of like not main, making the goal mean anything regardless yeah. because i've had a lot of experience with this and i've spoken about this openly and i know you have as well because we've spoken about it but like so many times there's been financial or status goals that I've gone for expecting that like everything would change when I hit that goal. Like I remember particularly when I did start my YouTube channel, I was like, Oh, my life would be so different when I get to a hundred K subscribers. Like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm going to be famous. Like basically like brands are going to be knocking on my door. Like I'm probably making millions of dollars and all this stuff. Like literally those are the things that go into your mind. Right. And then, so you attach that sense of happiness to this futuristic life that you're going to lead. Now, obviously it's been a long ass journey, but reaching a hundred thousand subscribers, like, nothing has changed. And whilst I know that feels again, kind of mundane, but it actually was a really empowering wake up call for me because particularly on the topic of manifestation, a lot of people say, you know, just act as how you're going to feel when you reach the goal and all of this stuff. And one of my biggest things that I'm manifesting at the moment is a million dollar business. And it was such an empowering thing because it's like, I'm actually not going to feel any different. Like when I've got a million dollars coming into my bank account, I'm probably not going to act feel, look, or experience life any differently other than the fact that maybe I'll go on an extra holiday or, you know, I'll be able to donate to more charities or something like that. But recognizing that like, it's all okay to just feel okay. You know what I mean? And like that life shouldn't be this life. Life shouldn't be this distant destination. Like life should be now good and bad. I skimmed over like the point of the goal setting. I did mention it, but I really want to like reiterate that it's a personal growth tool. It doesn't matter if you achieve the goal because if you achieve it, you're just going to set another one. But it's the goal that brings everything up and something that can really help someone get out of that all or nothing mindset 
is to see the goal. Say, for example, they're wanting to get to a certain number of subscribers. Say they want their first 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Yeah. The goal isn't to get 1,000 subscribers. The goal is the journey and to see what you can learn along the way. And it really stops you from getting disheartened if because if you're not getting close to that, it might be like, okay, I'm going to just quit so I can save myself the embarrassment. But to just see like the goal is to get as close as you can and to have that personal development experience and to just see it as the point of this is to see this as a personal development project. And this is kind of the goal I'm using to do that work on myself because then we can find it easier to keep going and say, oh, there's no point posting if no one's watching my videos. So I'm just going to stop doing that. And also what you mentioned about the goals, like when I started my blog and I was hearing people talk about having $10,000 months, Mm -hmm. to me, that was the same thing. Like, oh, life is going to be grand when I make that money. And then I started making it and I felt the same. And I was like, Oh, but it actually was like the biggest relief because I know for all of my other financial goals that it's going to be the same thing. I'm going to get there and be like, oh, here I am still feeling about the same. But it's because I've had that journey and also like the impact and just how fulfilling it is to be striving. Like that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad you ended on that because I think we lifted it at the end, but like, that is the point. Like the feel, I think the feeling of accomplishment and the feeling of like, I actually did something to achieve this, whether I achieved it or not. And that's the key. This is the key. If you can get this guys, it's so important, but the feeling of, even if you did climb up Mount Everest, reclimatize 30 times, get to 700 meters from the summit and have to turn back, like you did it. Like you at least did it. And that is the best feeling in the world that you did what it took regardless of whether you got there. And that is, I think, one of the best feelings in the world. Not the, I got to the 10K month, the 100K subscribers, the million dollar mark, anything like that. It's just that I got out of my own way and I took the steps that I needed to do. And I think that's the the best thing because life, in my opinion, is a search for fulfillment. It's a search for happiness. You know, this is the meaning to life. We're getting like super deep here, but like people always searching for the meaning to life. And really at the end of the day, we do everything we do to be happy. Right. And so that in and of itself is a choice. You can be happy today, tomorrow, as you get one centimeter on that ruler, the spectrum that we were speaking, or you can wait till the end, but that's your choice. Right. At the end of the day, it's just, you decide how you want to feel Mm-hmm. and we can all decide to be happy <laughs> yeah oh my god i could talk to you for like hours there's so many more things i wanted to say but i just feel like for both of our audiences they're busy af and they're gonna want to not look at a podcast and go three hours um but we will definitely do a part two i reckon because there's still so much more i would love to get um more into a lot of like the practicality side mm-hmm. of things and particularly maybe go more in depth into people who are starting businesses and how perfectionism can show up for them. So let's definitely yeah. schedule in time for a part two. Um, but I'd love to hear kind of what is on the, what's on the books. Obviously I know cause I'm your coach, but just for everyone listening, like where can they, what can they follow along with what's happening in the future of Sam Laura Brown? Yes. So if people have liked this podcast, definitely head over to my podcast. I do 
long form chatty episodes. So it's a perfectionism project. I'm also on Instagram at Sam Laura Brown. I've just launched my or relaunched my program, Get Out of Your Own Way. So that's currently closed, but will be reopening towards the end of the year. People can work with me one-on-one as well. And I will be reopening my group coaching program, Figure Your Life Out, in the next few months where I help women who don't know exactly what they want to do. And so many women are multi-passionate and have all of these ideas and actually figuring out like how to figure out what that is and begin moving towards it. So there are so many different ways that people can find me, but I definitely recommend if someone has loved this to go over to my podcast because I share very in-depth advice and practical things as well about all of the different things that we mentioned on today's episode. Trust me. If, if you, obviously they're going to love your podcast because we, we both love to talk, that's for sure, if they've stuck around with me this long. Um, thank you so much. Honestly, I, as I said, like, I definitely want to do a part two because there's so much more I could have spoken to you about, but I really appreciate your time. Sam's jetting off to Bali tomorrow at the time of this recording, so follow our stories along. Well, this is going to be out after you get back, so <laughs> do a highlight or something. But, um, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Erin. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. I honestly really do appreciate your time. I know some of these episodes can be quite long, but the fact that you've taken time out of your day to better yourself is just a shower of how successful you are capable of being because you are investing in you. So I know I am so, so inspired after each and every single one of these Game Changer Chats. I hope you're feeling the exact same way. If you'd like to connect with myself or the guest more, then please do reach out to us on Instagram and I hope you have an awesome day. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.